0: Forty nine is deep in the heart, like Joe Montana in the corner, D Clark. Garrison Hurts, Stiff Fargo 99, don't get it twisted, one and all with five time. John Teller, Jerry Rice down the sideline, NDB, greatest the up all time, Groovin, Walgreen, Bill Bellichek, where all students of Bill Walsh don't
1: ever forget. Welcome to the forty nine er Faithful UK show. Here to help you cope with the chills and sweats of NFL football withdrawal. I'm Gareth Ellis, and I'm joined by Lee Gowland. Hi guys. Paul Hope. Hi everyone. And Najee Carr. Hello. So, guys, what did you make of the absolute feast of football that was the Pro Bowl?
2: <laughs> it was embarrassing. It was utterly really embarrassing. I, I can't remember which... I, I think it might be been Shannon Sharpe came out and said, you just need to stop it now because it's not football. It, it, I, I don't even know what you call that, but it was ridiculous. Once upon a time, they used to actually play football in the Pro Bowl, but what you witnessed on Sunday night... And I did watch a little bit of it, and I just thought, oh, what's the point? It's ridiculous.
0: No, it's, it's, they're trying to do like the All Star Game, the basketball and the and the hockey and and the and the baseball because all those are kind of fun, but like the the football ones just never been really good either way. Like the but the basketball one was the thing I used to watch when I was a kid. Like the All Star Game was always amazing, but. Yeah, it's just, it just doesn't work. The only cool thing is that they all have their own helmet with the same jersey, which is kind of cool. No, that's it. No, yeah, I think you're right. Embarrassing is the word. I, what is the point? And the game pays so much money for it. It's just, oh, yeah. It's, it's it should
3: make it flag football for me. Like you said, Lee, it was embarrassing. I was watching mm. bits of it. Some of the challenges, some of the skill challenges, Gareth, I caught over the weekend were. Not too bad if you were having withdrawal from football, but like Nadji said, it's not a patch on the other all star games or so no. embarrassing for me.
1: I think they th- yeah, they should just scrap the game and do a kind of it's a knockout type competition with players, coaches and referees. So that might be quite uh, quite fun to pitch them all in together.
0: Well, no, that's, that's a good shot. They should either make it a flag or a seven-on-seven seven
1: and then, you know, have a
0: tournament-style thing and then see who wins it, you know. Have a draft and have a nine-on-nine or
1: seven-on-seven. Seven. I don't know. A great that'd be more fun. Is The seven-on-seven uh, seven flag football, yeah. but all the offensive players have to play defense and all the <laughs> players have to play offense. So yeah, that would be fun. love to see Laken Tomlinson throw a 40-yard TD pass to Nick Bosa. I mean <laughs> yeah. watching uh, watching so yeah so uh, while the games have stopped the business of the NFL never does uh, and we've got a surprisingly packed show so first off the news that Anthony Lynn the ex Chargers head coach has joined the Niners as assistant head coach while offensive coordinator Mike McDaniels has crossed the country
2: Oh oh Gareth Gareth it's what? Mike
1: McDaniel not McDaniel's <gasps> Oh ah oh, my spelling with sorry Mike it's Mike McDaniel. Oh, he <laughs> won't listen anymore now. He's listening to Dolphins Pod. So, sorry, Mike. Uh, Mike McDaniel has crossed the country to take up the vacant head coaching role at the Dolphins. So, thoughts on the appointment? What do we think, Anthony? Uh, well,
0: I'll echo what I said on the group. I'm really happy to have the man. Uh, well, you know, I think we all remember during Hard Knocks. Uh, that was the one with the Rams and the Chargers one. Um, you know, during the Black Lives Matter. Um, I'm missing on my words now, but uh, the, the movement, he was, you know, on the forefront of it and he wanted to attack it. I think that's very commendable. obviously, being a black coach himself. Um, but I just love the, you know, the passion he has for the game and the way he treats himself as a, as a human being rather than just a football head kind of thing. And, you know, with everything that's going on now, the Miami and Deshaun Watson and all that kind of stuff, it's just nice to have nice people. And I think he's one of them. Um, yeah. And then on, on the coaching front, I think it's kind of like what we've been asking for ages, isn't it? It's just Carl's assistant. So, he, you know, he has experience of calling plays or managing a team and he's just going to help Carl be better. And that, that's just great. Um, let's see what he actually does in the end and how much impact it's going to have. But yeah, I'm, I'm really happy just, just to have the, the dude inside the,
2: the franchise, really. Lee? Yeah, I think it's a good appointment. Um, I was really interested in the backstory between Kyle and uh, Anthony Lynn. The fact that Lynn used to play for Mike Shanahan yeah. and basically Kyle grew up watching Lynn um, and spent a lot of time with him during those uh, Denver Bronco days. So yeah. yeah, I think it's a good hire. I think it's interesting that we've actually gone outside of the organisation this time mm. because in the past we have promoted from within. Mm. Um, but I think... I, th- I think it's probably because the timing was right for Anthony yeah. Lynn and the relationship is already there. So yeah, over the moon with that, I think I think it's an experienced um an experienced coordinator coming in and it can obviously help Kyle with some of the head coaching duties as well. Yeah.
3: Cool. Yeah, like like Naji said, Gareth the first thought was the hard knock seasons and then you look into Anthony Lynn. And like Naji said, we've all been calling for Kyle to maybe look within. the fact he's brought someone in with, you know, two decades worth of NFL experience and he's a character you want around our team. It was brilliant for me. Fantastic. And the fact that he's turned down other jobs by the sounds of it as well. And it was quite, uh, it was bittersweet because you knew McDaniel was going. But what I like is we had Lynn in place. So it was kind of a smooth transition. So, yeah, really excited for me, Gareth.
1: Yeah, I think that's that. That's the same for me, uh, really. I think it's hopefully it's going to be good for Trey Lance to get a mm, uh, an experienced defensive mind, so, someone who's who's used to developing players and and has got that experience of working with a load of players. And I think just getting those those outside thoughts. And fair play to Shanahan, I always suspected he kind of didn't necessarily take advice that well I don't know where, where I kind of get that from but I think it's a really good sign I think Kyle's grown as a coach over this year and I think he's got a guy there who who can actually tell him uh, to, to his face some of the things that he may need to look at the stuff that we've talked about with some of the fourth down decisions for example uh, and yep. some of the play calling so yeah excited uh, do we do we think that's going to make up for the loss of Mike McDaniel
0: Um <laughs> it's hard to say <laughs> um it's hard to say uh, we don't really know how much impact mike had on the uh, you know on our offense clearly quite a lot seeing people talk about it but uh, i'm still hoping you know he's a, he's a disciple of kyle so i think you know as, as long as the brain trust is still here we we should be okay hopefully that's the um that's the hope but yeah, it's a bit of a wheel higher. hire. We talked about it, I think, on message. message. Not sure I wouldn't want to go to Miami right now. And I know it's you know life-changing money, life-changing opportunity you might not ever get. But um, he might have a very, very hard task on his hand if anything goes and they're guilty and they lose a bunch of draft picks and he doesn't really have much of a team to play around. So, I mean, good luck to him. Um, I wish him the best and I'll definitely be a routine for the Dolphins um you know playing the jets that will be that'll be a fun game <laughs> sale versus mcdaniel um but yeah um yeah it's it's good and we're getting third round pick as well so you know keep promoting people keep hiring minorities and promoting them and we're, we're going to be stuck for years and yeah, it's good it's good
1: business OK, so I think that's that's probably wrapped up the uh, the coaching changes. The The other change, I guess, is going to be the imminent quarterback change. As last week, many of us would have seen the Jimmy G, Jimmy G farewell press conference, which all but confirmed uh, he's looking and, and will be traded. Uh, Rumour has it we're looking for a second round pick for his services. And since we don't actually have any game predictions other than that, whatever game is left this season, uh, I'm going to put the guys on the spot. Where is Jimmy going and what will we get for him? Paul, I'm going to pick on you oh. first. Oh,
3: Well, I'm torn between two teams. I keep seeing a lot of noise about the Steelers and also Washington with their new rebrand. Um, I saw in the group someone had put a post and tongue-in-cheek Gareth had said, oh, we'll get a first and I was shot down immediately and I was like, I didn't think we would get a first. I would like to get a first and when you look, that the rookie quarterbacks coming up in the draft. There isn't any that stand out. And it's a buyer's market. I mean, ideally, you'd love a first back. I think I would take a second and a third. But again, I'm torn between the Steelers and Washington. But it's the NFL. <laughs> who knows? I, I just don't know, to be honest. What, what about you,
0: Nadji? What, what do you think Jimmy's next place of well, B is going to be? I think we, the the whole thing is the relationship between him and Kyle and And John Lynch. Um, And I don't think we're going to send him into a situation where he can't be successful right away. And I don't think Washington is really a place we want to be right now. Um, Apart from Terry McLaurin, they don't really have much of a team, really. And Fitzpatrick's still there. So, I I don't know. I I quite like the Steelers. I think, you know, you look at Juju and, and Harris. And, you know, they've got a great defense. I think it'd fit right in, and I think that it could be successful right away, although it's a very hard division to win, obviously. Um, yeah, I think the Steelers, in terms of what we get, I think as long as we get what we paid for him, at the very least, I, I we'd be happy, right? But yeah. let's not forget, Carson Wentz went for two first-round picks a year ago, and he was terrible on the back of a horrible season.
2: So I think he uh, went for a second and a third, but the second turned into a first...
0: Mm. Oh, did it? Right. Okay. So a, a, a first and a third. So, you know, it's not out of the realm of the, you know, impossible that Jimmy ends up fetching more than that, considering his record and his reputation. So the only problem is the injuries. And then people know about that. So that could put a bit of a price down on it. But I think, you know, if we get a second, a second and a sixth, or a second and a fifth, I think I'll be happy with that.
2: Sorry, I agree with what Najee said about the Steelers, although Juju is a free agent uh, this off-season, mm, so true, he might not uh, be there. Yeah. Um, I understand I, I understand where Paul was going with the whole uh, analogy there, but it's, it's not a buyer's market, it's a, it's a seller's market, because demand is high, supply is low. And I've just got a feeling that the, the Steelers are the team that is a good fit for both Jimmy, yeah. uh, and Jimmy's a good fit for them as well, to be yeah. fair, because of the team that he's going to have around them. Um, yeah. As Naji said, Carson Wentz went for a two and a three, which turned into a one and a three. I'd rather have Jimmy Garoppolo on my team than Carson Wentz. Yeah. And I've got this feeling that we're not going to see him traded until midway through the first round. I think if it gets up to a couple of picks before the Steelers pick at pick twenty, they could they they could theoretically say, "Yeah, hey, have our number 20.
0: Yeah, depending what's left and what i I, I honestly
2: yeah. believe we're going to get a lot more for him. Than what anybody's expecting, purely because of the situation this year and the amount of teams that have a requirement at quarterback. And let's be honest, I understand all the arguments about why Jimmy, where, where Jimmy's weaknesses are, and I agree with them. I do. I, I agree with them. You very rarely see him throw it uh, long, but then again, it's more than likely because Kyle doesn't trust him. He's not calling yeah, those players. That's uh,
0: kind of why I wanted to see him in, in Pittsburgh. Because, yeah. you know, I want to see him with an established coach, a good coach, see what, if it was Kyle or if it was Jimmy all along, isn't it?
2: So, obviously, looking over the highlights of this season, there was examples of where Jimmy was throwing long balls and he was hitting them on the money. Mm. So, he can do it. It's just that like you don't, you don't seem to do it for the 49ers. And um, many people have turned around and said, that's a trust thing between Kyle and Jimmy. Kyle lost the trust in him, so he hasn't really opened it up to them to do that. Um, so I, I agree with Naji. It's going to be interesting to see him with a different coordinator who maybe does trust him. And with, with, a, with a, an offensive line, that's actually built to pass protect rather than run protect. Because I think when he has time, in the pocket he's very very accurate he makes quick decisions he's accurate so it's I really hope it's not going to be one of these situations where the Steelers take him the player to his strengths rather than play to mitigate his weaknesses and we see a completely different Jimmy who's thrown the ball all over the place I really hope we don't see that because then we we feel as an organisation and I'm using the royal we there because we're not part of the organisation, we're just fans. But it's going to be interesting either way.
3: Just before you move on, Gareth, obviously Mm. with me being laid up with my my foot, I've been reading the Bill Walsh book, Let the Score Take Care of Itself, and the similarities of when you're reading Bill Walsh saying, Joe Montana didn't throw the ball down the air, and before... Neil Graham has a heart attack. I'm not comparing Jimmy G to Joe Montana. Of course I'm not. It was interesting reading that book and him saying what he needed from a quarterback. And like you said there, Lee, Kyle has had Jimmy doing certain things. And then when I've been back through all the games preparing for tonight, and you do see these glimpses and you think, oh, what could have been? So I did duck out with the question at the start, Gareth, because the Jimmy conversation has been like firestorm if you yeah, go on twitter motive, and, and again i didn't want us to spend too long on the prayers of jimmy i know neil got frustrated with a lot of the prayers for jimmy i will say it was nice to see on the group and we all have our own reasons we all love certain players on the team and but i do hope we get something back in return for him and, and like you said Najee, i wouldn't want to see him go to washington i have a friend who's a Commanders fan, and he would love to have Jimmy, but it was just, they're the two teams that I keep seeing on Twitter with where he might go, but yeah. like you said, who knows on draft night? We've all seen draft day with Kevin Costner, maybe
0: we get well, something I, like that, like Gareth. I, I disagree with Lee on that point, no, I think he'll it'll go it'll go during free agency as soon as possible, because you want your QB in as soon as possible, um, so you can build around him. Uh, yeah, I, you know, the Steelers, Tampa is another possibility depending what bruce harris is doing i reckon he's probably going to retire but um that's yeah what do you think gareth what do you
1: what do you think he was going to go in that leads me nicely into i i think the the bucks might be yeah. a good fit because they're used to having a quarterback who isn't actually that mobile they've built that good offensive line they've got the good receivers oh, they're, they're g- not
0: going to be there that's
1: the problem yeah. Well, potentially you you don't know what other work's going on. Um yeah, As as for what we get for him, I I was thinking, well, you know, he's with the contract, and and unfortunately, Shanahan spent the last year saying, "Oh, we like Jimmy," but he he keeps getting injured. It's like you're trying to sell your secondhand car, and you've told everyone, "I've bought a new car because this one keeps breaking down." Yeah, and but he keeps I, on getting injured because we're not protecting him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's I, I'm. I think we're going to get perhaps that that second round pick for sure, <clears throat> and I think it was mentioned that Darnold went for like a, a second, a fourth, and a fifth, yeah. and that, I think just shows the premium on a on a, a competent, if you want to use that word, serviceable NFL starter. So uh, the best thing that is hopefully we can get two, if not three offers that we're happy, and we can just put them in front of Jimmy and say, you you take your pick because we're happy with with the draft. Um, uh, exchange that we've been offered uh, and hopefully I think we'll, we'll get a second and then maybe have to swap some late round picks uh, yeah. in our favour depending on where that second is in the round obviously if it's pick 20 or pick 15 or pick pick 28 so I think we'd, we'd potentially be able to have some leverage to ask for a little bit more with an exchange of late
2: rounders Is, your, we, is your cut back Carruth? it is yeah. <laughs> just wasn't sure if it was your cat or your stomach
1: (laughs) well it's the cat's stomach i think (laughs) so uh on to the 49er faithful uk awards the polls have been up for a week or so so thanks to everyone who has participated we've had sort of 150 180 votes um for each uh category so I will go ahead and announce the winners, which will be of no surprise to, to anyone who's actually voted on the polls uh, as they none of them were close, really. So in third place for Rookie of the Year, this is uh, third place. Was, oh, thank you. Thank you, Lee. Talanoa Hufanga in third. In second yeah. place, uh, Ambry Thomas. Uh, and runaway winner, if you pardon the pun. Uh, thanks, Martin. Uh, it was Elijah Mitchell. Uh, any comments? Pretty clear-cut to me. I, I was expecting we might get a 100% vote there, but we didn't quite.
0: Yeah, quite surprised to see Thomas in front of Ophanga, considering Ophanga has played the whole season and Thomas six, seven games and was a complete no-show for most of it. Um, but yeah, I think Mitchell's landslide. What a season. I'm very happy about him.
3: Do you think Thomas got some votes because he wasn't Josh Norman? And the end of the <laughs> yeah, season which yeah, was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, Gareth, I did like the comments on the poll. Some I think you would have had 100%, but I did see some people say because Mitchell's run away, they wanted to show love to the others. And I yeah. mean, yeah. We, we, we all praised Hoofhanger from pre season, the start of the season, but Mitchell's just been totally different class
1: hasn't he for what a six yeah, round yeah. pick
2: yeah completely agree with that
1: yeah certainly certainly got my vote Uh so the next one was defensive player of the year I, I actually thought this might be quite wide open but it turned yeah. out to not be at all uh, so in third place was Eric Armstead second place Fred Warner or all pro Fred uh, and runaway winner again was Nick Bosa so well done Nick yeah, well,
0: the neck. Um, yeah, surprising. I, um, I, that's the one I'm I'm struggled the most with. Um, but we we're we're gonna get into that soon. But
1: yeah. Yeah, I uh, I went for for Armstead. Um, but there we go. Yeah. Perhaps we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, third award was Offensive Player of the Year. Again, didn't think that this one might, might be uh, close, and it wasn't. <laughs> uh, but in joint third with one vote each are. Uh, George Kittle, Elijah Mitchell, Juwan Jennings, Kyle Juszczyk, and Mike McGlinchey. Oh, wow, McGlinchey as well. Wow. Wow, all all third. Feels... Uh, clear second place was Trent Williams. Uh, mm. And yes, another runaway winner. No one will be surprised to hear the name Debo Samuel. Who? Well done, Deves.
0: <laughs> who's, who's
1: that?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, no no Brandon Ayu, no Jimmy G vote.
1: Interesting. Mm. Oh, nothing there, nothing there. So the final one, the big one, MVP, in third place, Trent Williams, second place, Nick Bosa, and unsurprisingly, a double winner for Debo Samuel. Makes sense, makes sense.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think all of those are pretty much spot on, to be honest. Because when you when you look at it, uh, offensive player of the year, you look for somebody who actually changed the the course of the offense, actually put the game on his shoulders, and, and went with it. Same with defensive player of the year, and then season MVP. Who, who was it that basically carried us through this season? And mm. I think you've you've got to admit it was Debo Samuel, and okay. everybody agrees. Yeah, it's
0: easy this year on offense for sure.
3: All pro Debo Samuel to give him his Debo. new mannequin. All pro.
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah thanks again to to everyone who took the time to uh um click a button and scroll on so <laughs> it, it is much appreciated to see uh that the uh the votes have been counted uh and it's the the will of the people the faithful have spoken uh so we do a, we do another couple of awards um the first one is our sort of unsung hero award and i wanted to explain it a little Uh, as it means different things to different people about what qualifies as an unsung hero on the team. It's basically that the idea that the cap means that no team can be absolutely built of, of superstars and success relies on those other players who put in just as much work on the practice field, put in a shift on the games, but don't necessarily get that kind of level of recognition. So we wanted to put an award out for, for those other guys. So we'll put the poll up on Facebook uh, and we'll we'll the poll will be open so people can suggest those players that you think should get some recognition. Um, but we are going to define the the unsung element um, and we'll limit it th- to those players who haven't received some recognition either by winning the prestigious 49er faithful UK awards as just uh, announced or the slightly less presidio- uh, prestigious Pro Bowl nomination. So that will exclude Elijah Mitchell, uh, Nick Bosa, uh, Debo Samuel as our 49 of Faithful UK award winners, and also Kittle, Alex Mack, uh, Tom Linson, and Trent Williams as they were and all recognised. And check, yeah, sorry. Check. Sorry. Um, as they were <laughs> all recognised with a Pro Bowl vote. Um, sorry if you wanted to vote for those guys, but yeah, they've seen some uh, recognition from their fellow professionals. Um, so we want to pick out the uh, the other guys who put in a shift uh, and give them a little bit of love. And our final award will be for play of the season. So our podcaster is going to nominate some options for offensive play of the season and a defensive play of the season. Again, quite subjective. It can be the play that you enjoyed the most. It can be the play that your coaching brain has has analysed as being the most technically proficient or it can simply be be the play that you think you're going to remember for a long period of time. Uh, so who shall I put on the spot first? I'm going to go for Lee. Oh, I thought you might. Offensive play of the
2: year. Offen- offensive player of the year. Mm. Yep. All ah, right, So we've changed that a little bit. So we have an offensive player of the year and a defensive player of the year. Oh, player yeah. of the year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, luckily enough. Really. <laughs> so luckily enough, I changed my mind three times. Oh. <laughs> Good. So I actually ended up with a list of four four players where any one of them could have been player of the year. But as it went on, I was I was changing my mind, and three out of four of those players involved Thibaut Samuel. <laughs> so you have put us on the spot because my player of the year is actually a defensive player of the year. So let me just quickly look down my other three players, and <laughs> I will tell if you, you which moment. one. I can I can I can go on to Nedji if you need a moment. Yeah, if you don't mind. Yeah, that would be good. If not, no,
0: yeah, yeah i can so offensive player yeah yeah um it might sound completely controversial but um to me it's the trey lance to Debo samuel 45 yarder against the texans um i don't know there's something about that play the way it's designed uh it just it's just anchored in the future for me and and i'm just looking forward to see that more and more and it's Something that we've been crying for <laughs> the past five years that we haven't seen from a certain Jimmy, uh, and, and it just showed quite a lot of you know the potential and and also why we drafted him because that kind of was the focus at the beginning of the season and you know the season could have gone completely different had Jimmy picked up a bigger injury or something and it's just a great play it's you know you see Mahomes do that kind of stuff and Rogers do that kind of stuff and and seeing Trey do it and to Debo who obviously has been magnificent all season it's just I can't wait It just makes me excited to watch Niners football next year um so there it is that, that play fantastic
1: Paul are you ready
3: did you prepare i did prepare, Gareth, much to Tracy's <laughs> delight with me being laid up with my Achilles. I made full access of Game Pass. And when you <laughs> posted in the group your blank piece of paper, I was like, I've got about eight pages of notes, of which seven are Debo Samuel, like Lee said. Um, <laughs> if anyone's got the time to go back, and when you take the emotion out of it, Gareth, and you watch. So, like Lee, I had two. Um, my um, The touchdown against Dallas purely because it was in the playoffs. I love the fact that he came out and he was like, give me the ball. But I'm going to go for the touchdown pass to Jennings when Debo throws the pass because it got me off my chair, which is going to be a long time before I can do anything like that. (laughs) And I just remember it took me back to the Saints game. And like Nadji said, it was a bit of fun. But before I hand back over to Lee, that Texans play, Nadji, you mentioned, I did actually make a note of that because watching it back, and watching Trey roll out and launch it downfield, I thought that's going to be quite interesting moving forward. So, when you've yeah. mentioned that, but to answer your question, Gareth, it's the Debo touchdown pass to Jennings. That was my play of the year.
2: So, I, I had that down as one of my three Debo players, um, but it's not the one I'm going to settle for. So, the one I'm going to settle for for offensive play of the year it involves two players that did exceptionally well to make this play work. So this is Debo's touchdown in the third quarter of the Lions game. Jimmy stood in the pocket, knowing he was going to get absolutely battered, and hit Debo with a pass out to the sideline, who then took it 50 yards for the touchdown. I remember that, yeah. Yeah. Nice play there. And I think because... Jimmy did so well to stand in the pocket with all these defenders <laughs> ready to absolutely murder him, and make <laughs> the throw and actually get it to the place where only Debo could catch that ball, and then Debo's effort afterwards. It was just an amazing play.
0: Nice, Gareth. What's yours? Oh, yeah,
1: my uh, I, I had I didn't actually have that the Debo one versus the Lions. I had the other two on my my long list. And unfortunately, I had a quite a few passes to to Ayuk which weren't TD passes, but loads where, where Jimmy threaded the needle and Ayuk makes those mm. difficult catches. And he did that in almost certainly that you know those first few games where he wasn't involved. But after that, he was doing that consistently, game after game after game, and getting those 20, 30 yards in midfield. And unfortunately, you, uh, not, not a scoring play. Um, but I am going to give it to Ayuk for his walk-off t- touchdown yeah. in the overtime versus the Bengals. Um, that was my second play. Yeah, yeah. Partly because of his contribution during the season, um, but the the Bengals had scored uh, a field goal. We had to score on that possession, uh, and Ayuk went out and got it. And the finish and the balance uh, and getting the, your arm around the pylon, uh, the old Jerry Rice in Super Bowl twenty three. Uh, I love seeing that. Uh, so that's my that's my choice. The the Ayuk uh, can't remember what the distance was. I think it was about a 16-yard um, yeah, TD like from uh, from Jimmy G in overtime versus the Bengals.
3: Nice. That was on my many shortlist, Gareth, and it was
0: great to see <laughs> him.
3: It was That one was on the same page as the Kittle tippy-tappy Tall. Uh, I was going to talk
0: about the honourable mention to that yeah. tippy-toe
3: because that was awesome as well. Yeah. But that Ayuk touchdown, and as well, when the Bengals win the Super Bowl, we can go back and remind their fans that we beat them. Sorry, I've
1: (laughs) given away my prediction there. Sorry, Gareth. So, uh, defensive side of the ball? Uh, Well, so, yeah.
0: um, Quite hard to find this year. We haven't had uh, any, you know, big defensive players, I remember. But for me, and I think it's going to be for quite a few, it's going to be the Ambry-Thomas pick um, in week 18 against the Rams. Um, Mainly because, again shows the future you know future is bright if, if you can carry on progressing and being good and that game was insane it was our first playoff game really we had to win it and to win it on a walk off defensive play is, is always nice because you don't see it that often in in the nfl you know vote all the stats and the coin toss and all that jazz um so you know yeah it was and it was a great play you know i know beckham kind of quit on it but it's a great play. He got his two butt chicks inside the inside of the green square, and and that's all that matters. Were. Yeah, that was that was nice. Paul? I had three, but I wasn't sure whether one
3: was allowed to be included. So the one I'm going to discount is the right, DJ hey? Jones hit on the Rams on the fake punt.
1: I, I I'm, thought, I'm, I'm going to rule that can be included. We, we should have because otherwise we haven't got special teams. Whereas you know we're special sure. teams without
2: possession. Yeah.
1: So I'd say that's defensive. So I'm glad you said that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but stole in your thunder.
3: So I apologise, Nadji, because Lee mentioned the Lions game. So there was the Greenlaw pick six in that game, but for yeah. me, it was Jimmy Ward's pick six against the Rams. And I know you thought, but for that one player, the fact he caught it, he ran it back. The fact that none of us thought we were going to beat them that night. So for me, Gareth, it's the Jimmy Ward pick six against the Rams in their first game against them.
1: Mm. That was a, was on my list. I wasn't quite sure if I, if I had the guts to, to present that in front of Nadji. So
2: <laughs> fair play. Fair play. Uh, Lee? So as you'll have guessed, I'm going for a special teams play, but yeah. I consider it defensive because it was yep. special teams in a defensive formation. And this was the Jordan Willis punt block and the Herfanga touchdown against Green Beer Packers.
0: Yeah, I mean yeah it's technically defense. It's
2: fourth down, isn't it? Exactly.
0: So, yeah. <laughs> well I thought we were going to do a
3: special teams play of the year, Lee. So oh, in my notebook it says that block versus Green <laughs> Bay. So I think everyone would agree with you there, mate, because it was fantastic.
1: Yeah, definitely. That that was uh that was on my list as well. But I have I've actually gone for the uh, Emmanuel Mosley interception versus the Wams. Mm in yeah. week 18, because I think it was such a difficult ball to catch and he made yeah. up so much ground and came and won that ball. Uh, yeah. And I think that was a, that was no, no disrespect to Ambry Thomas. Uh, but I just felt that was a, a play above and beyond from, from Emmanuel Mosley. So it so was my pick. Very true. Pardon the pun. Very nice. <laughs> so we'll, uh, um, should we put those on the on the Facebook group see if we can find some highlights see if anybody else wants to uh, uh, trawl through the games because there was quite a list I, I did have uh, uh, quite a list of, of stuff um, and unfortunately the one I really wanted to put on was the k warn Williams butt interception
2: yeah <laughs> yeah
1: all back for the uh, for the defensive pass interference somewhere yeah, else that one's pretty... Um true and that was a that was a huge shame I couldn't put that one in yeah I think you should <laughs> put them on gareth because the
3: interaction yeah, with definitely. the group's been quite well and tonight we've come on and like you said we've all had different thought process and anyone who has got a bit of time on their hands going back through the games it's been highly enjoyable and mm. it reminds you of the journey we all went on all four of us have been on that journey together and you prepare for this and you think wow remember that oh that player and uh, yeah i think you should put it on the group gareth I think it'd be a good idea
1: and my my curveball to you before the show started. Uh, do you have a favourite game of the season? Because I, I thought of this watching through some of the highlights, and before I'd watched them, I thought I don't remember anything about like the Falcons game or. <laughs> I just there were good plays and stuff. I just didn't remember anything about them. So uh... yeah, for me, it's got to be Week Eighteen against
2: the Rams. Fair enough. Just everything had... that that game meant.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was a huge game. Um, mine was actually the. the... I can't remember what week it was week nine against the Vikings week 12? 12, 12. 12 yeah it was 12 week 12 the against the Vikings Viking. because it, after we won that game and the way we won it playing great football on both sides of the ball, I knew we had a shot to make the playoff at that point, and I knew the, the season was going in the right direction, and, we, and it was much needed against a team that could have gone you know basically a crossroad for us that, that game and, and it was a great game. Um, I think we played really well in that game, so.
3: Pool? I'm going. Um, I was like late week 18, but in the interest of keeping the variety, I'm going to say the, <laughs> the Dallas game because for me it was my first proper Dallas rivalry game, and yeah. everybody was you know, we were facing a superstar Dallas team, we weren't going to win. And but when you go back through, like you said, there, Nadji, week 12, Vikings, that was our Bristol meetup. So watching mm. those highlights made me chuckle. Week 14, the Bengals, like you said, Gareth, winning touchdown in overtime. Week 18, field goal in overtime. When you look at the journey we went through as 49er fans, interestingly enough, Gareth, the highlights for the Falcons game, there wasn't very many. Despite the fact (laughs) we won 31-13, I don't think that game was uh, well-received. But for me, the standout game, when I think back of the seasons, the Dallas game and that touchdown from Debo.
1: That's that's a good call. I, I've actually gone for for the week fourteen win against the uh, the Bengals because it it had the most uh, potential nominations for play of the year. I think I had three noted down on, on that game: um, Debo, Kittle, and a, and the Ayuk touchdowns. Um, and that was a that you know that was a, a great game. And it was that point of the season where we had to go out and win those games. Went on the road, won it in overtime. Yeah. So that leads me nicely into the fact that the season isn't quite done because there is the small matter of the uh, Super Bowl. So, gents, how's it going to go, and what's your score predictions? Nadji, how are you? Oh
0: God, uh, uh, I was hoping you wouldn't do that. Um, I'm going to go the same as I did for the for the AFC Championship. I I, I really want the Bengals to win, obviously, and I just I just 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 something about them. It's just unbeatable because they've never been beaten really apart from you know being 4 and 12 last year but for the reason we know um yeah i just i, I just want the Bengals to to win uh and i remember what the rams look like in a super bowl
1: mm-hmm.
0: um mm. uh, and i there's a chance it could be again uh so i think it's i think it i don't know if it's going to be a shootout now um the line is forty-eight, forty-eight and a half, so it's quite a lot of points. But I'll say, uh, I'll say twenty-four seventeen Bengals um, with Joe Burrow still in the show.
2: That's Ooh. an interesting scoreline you went with there, Najee. So I, I, on paper, on paper, you can't discount the Rams because no, they look know. as though they're the stronger team. However, they're not that consistent. And every now and again, they keep on having a terrible game. And when you look back over the schedule, it's always against good teams. And the Bengals are a good team. I think it's going to come down to which quarterback weather weather the storm better. We've already seen Joe Burrows can get sacked nine times and still win a game in the playoffs. So I, I think... Looking at the two quarterbacks, I actually fancy Joe Burrows over Matt Stafford. I think Stafford isn't as good as everybody makes him out to be. I think he's got a load of mistakes in him, whereas Joe Burrows, if they can protect him enough, I think he can still make the place to win the game. So I'm going with the Bengals' 24-21 victory.
1: Mm.
3: Oh, but I'll I'll jump in now, Gareth. Like you said, Naji, the over-under is 48.5. Um, For those people who watch the Simpsons, the Simpsons have forecast uh, (laughs) Cincinnati Bengals 34, LA Rams 31, which for us a lot going up to Newcastle would make for an entertaining evening. Um, I do think the Bengals are coming to this as underdogs, but as they showed against the Chiefs, they were 21-3 down, and most people had it written off. I want the Bengals to win. Um, Sorry to my mate Mike, who's a Rams fan who's going to be joining us, but I think it's going to be a
1: 27-21 Bengals win mm. on the night. That's what I'm going for. All very similar, and I think I'm I think I'm much the same. Whether it's just the wishful wishful thinking of uh, yeah. not wanting to the Rams to win, but to be honest, if the, if there's ever a team in the Super Bowl when the Niners aren't there, uh, if you can believe that, but whenever there's a team that hasn't won a Super Bowl, you know I'm always going to root for them. Um, we're lucky sure. Niners fans. We we we've got five wings, so. Um, I, I'm never going to um, object to the Bengals, particularly because we've crushed the Bengals twice. Uh, on the downside, Chris Collingsworth might well be intolerable next season. True. Very no, true. Well, he's a guy. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for a Bengals 30 to 28 win. Wow. Okay. I think there will be points. Uh, Super Bowl MVP. This might be quick. Jamar, yes, Yeah. Burrow. Joe Burrow.
3: It's so always a QB. Yeah, Burrow. I'm, I'm going to go on that way. I just hope we'll have a, a decent game, Gareth. I mean, yeah. obviously now the emotions have died down and I've got over, for want of a better word, the 49ers aren't going to be there. Just hope for a decent game. Me and Lee remember the god-awful Rams-Patriots game yeah. <laughs> yeah. a few years back. Just don't want one like that. But it's going to be great to see everyone and everyone who loves the NFL. It's just one last week of football before the long off-season where not much happens in the off-season does it gents? We won't be talking that much uh, doing many of those mock simulators Lee
2: <laughs> Well I mean uh, Gareth got us really excited earlier on when he was talking about um, Sam Darnold it might have been Nagy. what he went for what was the 2, 3 and a 5 yeah. that's got us really excited for the mock draft <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I've already got me favourite who I want us to take in the second round but that might change <laughs>
3: it's a bit strange this year because obviously last year when we traded up and all the focus was on the qb and you see the stuff from the senior ball and um christian watson seems to be a name jumping off and i love neil watson's tweet he was like i want him to sign for the 49ers just so i can get a watson jersey which i thought (laughs) it's a good reason to draft for anyone um and i chuckled lee i know you've done a couple of the pff mock simulators and Tracy, God bless her, was like, Does this mean the seasons nearly over? And I was like, well, yeah, but then we've got the Super Bowl meet-up, we've got the off-season, and she was like, just never ends, does it? I was like, yeah, nope. it doesn't end, really. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: doesn't. Do you want to make a uh, final plug for the uh, hat competition, Paul?
3: Yes, so the competition closes on Saturday purely because we're going to do the giveaway at half-time at the Super Bowl meet-up. We were talking off-air, so for those of you that aren't on Twitter... If you want to send me a private message for your entry with the seven words. We've had a few entries so far. I've got them noted down in my little 49ers notebook and we will draw them at half time. Um Obviously, if we're not too intoxicated. We'll share the result or we might <laughs> wait until the um, Monday. Once we've got the winner, I'll arrange to get your address and obviously send the hat on. But thank you for everyone who's um, entered so far and looking
0: forward to uh, yeah, seeing just- who finally gets it. Just if you have the words, all, all of them, um, just get in touch with any of us, really. You know, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Just uh, go for it.
1: <laughs> and, your, and your name will go into the hat. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> so, thank you, guys. I uh, hope everyone enjoys the uh, uh, Super Bowl Sunday, um, especially those of you who are attending the one night and one night only meetup of the UK 40 Bengals group. Uh, do me a favor while you're there, please, um, and look after Neil Watson, as he no doubt watched Jimmy's last press conference, and he might yes. still need a little bit of a cuddle. So, and we will we will be doing a Jimmy show uh, in the future when his when he's, um, yeah, done, yeah. is a lot clearer, um, and we've got plenty more to come in the, in, the, in the in the in the near future. Uh, the draft, look forward to that. So brace yourself to be spammed with mock drafts. Enjoy Sunday's game, uh, and just imagine what you'll be doing in twelve months' time when the none stroll in and win it all. Go niners. Go nineers. We love the San Francisco
0: 49ers deep in the heart, like Joe Montana in the corner, D Clark, Garrison Hurts, Sniff Fargoy 99, don't get it twisted, won it all with five time. John Teller, Jerry Rice, down the sideline, NDB, greatest on the up, all time, Bruce,
3: Walgreat, Bill Belichick, we're all students of Bill Watts, don't ever forget.